Hey, what's good, people? This is episode 94. This is the Option Podcast. This guy over here, Big Mike, Groselle or Grosel? Grosel. My mom wanted me to get, you right, get that one right today. Yeah, because I beat you up on the, um, on the broadcast. <laughs> the episode starts right now. Mike Rossell, Big Mike, what's good, man? Oh, man, life is good. Um, just I'm grinding away and can't complain. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, it's been a good year for me so far, too, man. With, you know, like New Orleans, I got a good bunch of matches. I, I'm going to use this as an audition tape for Manhattan Beach. You know, I'm like, hey, guys, for your consideration, blah, blah, blah. Um, but... I did beat up your name, so I kept calling you Groselle, uh, um, and it's Grosel, right? Mike Grosel. Yeah, yeah, this Perfect. is why people call you Big Mike. We ain't got to go through all that, right? Big Mike's super easy, right? Yeah, easy. right. I mean, I mean, Jason, <laughs> Jason Debil is still no easy way to say that. <laughs> and then something. <laughs> Actually, let's um, for the people listening at home, Mike Mike Grosel is the super athlete that took up volleyball, and and now he's. Um, I thought this is one of your better years. I think you took a fifth. Did you take a fifth in New Orleans? Yeah, we got fifth. Yeah, man. That's like Nate's a good partner to have, right? So we're going to get into the conversation about having partners where you don't have to deal with your partner. Um, well, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just start there. How much does having Nate as your partner, I sound like an interview now, how much is Nate, um, having Nate as your partner um, good in regards to not having to deal with your partner? Well, there hasn't been any drama. There's no, there's no sort of consternation associated with who I'm playing with, right? It's like, oh, tournament pops up. Nate, we've been training for two years. We're going and playing. You know, there's no, um, and man, I mean, it's just like, that's, I'm sure a lot of guys in the back of their mind, that's something that drives them crazy. They're like, I don't even know who I'm going to run this event with. And they got to spend hours probably on Instagram and messaging, opening the Rolodex, trying to find a guy. Yeah. Don't, and isn't that, oh my goodness, that's almost, that's a, like a big exhale. It's like, Nate, we're doing this again, right? <laughs> yeah, why? <laughs> I'm like, oh. <laughs> I thought that was one of Evan Corey's big, big things. I thought it was important for him to, because he's been like a hitman for hire, like this entire winter and spring, right? It's every weekend you see his live stream. He's in the semis with somebody else winning or losing, which... I guess is a testament to that man's greatness, if not competitiveness, but yeah. having, you know, it's when you, when you, he's going to level up, right? He's going to level up and not, and he's going to eventually make a draw and he's got to, he can't open the door and there's a tiger on the other end. He, he needs, and I think I like him and Logan Weber. You like him and Logan Weber? I like, I like the two of them. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a realist, right? And so uh, it's a game of points. Points matter. And I think that's the only thing no one's talking about right now is I've got my spreadsheet. It goes all the way down to like, you know, if you start with Phil and Nick, assuming they come back, which, you know, whatever you build that spreadsheet down. Uh, it's the difference between Logan being in Manhattan and not, and it's all going to hinge on how they do in Atlanta, whether yeah. he plays in the Manhattan qualifier or not. And so, you know, what's Logan thinking? I, I don't know. I'm not friends, direct friends with him, but it matters. 
Yeah, well, does Manhattan have a qualifier, or are they just are they just doing the bids for the draw? That's so that's the question. I'm, I'm assuming that uh, it's going to be 32 teams, like it's always been. Mm -hmm. I'm making some assumptions here. Let's let's do it. That's all I can do, right? So, Bro science, man. Teams, 24 teams are going to be in. Whether it's a blend of it's going to be a blend of points, and then teams that won bids. Um, uh, there's five teams, five or six teams that's won bids. There's only two that aren't already going to be in that 24. So that takes two spots away from guys with points. Um, and for Logan, if you're listening, Logan, because he has 761 points, if he plays with Dylan Merrick, he's in. His, Dylan has 700 points. If he plays with Evan Corey, they're the three seed in the qualifier. It's that much of a difference if it's, if it's run like every Manhattan before. Yeah, look – nobody wants to go into the main draw beat to shit <laughs> right like you gotta oh, the, and, and the reward you thing. get is to play trevor and try like if you're the first round if you make it um sorry what were you gonna say no i mean it's like a real i mean i've played qualifiers i haven't qualified um and i've played three matches out in manhattan and i'm dead i'm my legs are dead mm -hmm. i wasn't in bad shape no well i think because of where Evan and, and um, Weber have been training, I think they're in awesome shape. I think there's a reason why, like, Rafu and Piotr cramped, like Piotr cramped up. There's a reason why the Brazilians forfeited. Um, and, and maybe youth youth has something to do with it with some of them. But, like, Kristen Nuss and Taryn Kloth didn't, didn't cramp up, right? Evan Corey and Logan Weber didn't cramp up. So, right. I think <clears throat> So, I think what really plays into that is what level they're at and what they're training for. So yeah. Evan and Logan, all winter, have been playing these single-day 32-team double elimination tournaments in Ohio and stuff like that. They're ready, they're, man. They they played six matches in a day. They're ready. They've done it. No discredit to Piotr, right? He's training to play two to three matches in a day tops. Agreed. And yeah. he shouldn't. I mean, I don't. If, as long as you're in the main draw, Piotr, I don't think you should. Uh, <laughs> you shouldn't train to be in shape. You, don't, you shouldn't be in shape to do six. You know, it doesn't make sense. That's another level of conditioning. But he's, he's I mean, to, for me with Piotr, that was rare because I've never seen Piotr cramp in any any tournament. I've never seen him cramp on those two-day tournaments in Florida. I've never seen him cramp from the, you know, when he had to qualify for the draw. Um, I think in, was it Hermosa Beach with? Zahn? No, did they already have points? They ended up playing Jeff Samuels and Rafi Polis. But, but I think the point I was trying to make was if your partners and the chemistry is so good, you have, like you said, you have a choice to make. Do you stay with him and and you're so good it doesn't matter who you play you're going to make the draw anyway? And if energy efficiency is the key, you might be all right the first couple of games in the draw. Um, like Ricardo, right? Ricardo came to New York City with no points. Right, his first qualifier made it to the semifinals, right? Uh, um, Eric Baranek and Bill Kalinsky uh, yeah. um, qualifier main draw semifinals. Chrissy Jones and Muno. Um, I mean, Muno, Muno or Jones could have picked up some someone that had a lot of points, whatever. Um, like Sarah Hughes, Sarah Hughes picked up someone with no points had to qualify, but Jones could have played with Hughes and they could have been in the main draw, right? Um, they came in as the 47th seed 
which overall really means 63, right? <laughs> um, and oh, made yeah. the main draw semifinals in Hermosa Beach, <laughs> losing to Betsy Flint and Emily Day because Betsy wasn't having this young girl stuff. She's like, bye, you know? <laughs> so so I think that's the choice that they have to make, right? Marek, him and Marek could be in. Right. But him and Corey could be in anyway with decent energy efficiency. They'd be in decent energy efficiency or if they just... Um... They just qualify. I think it's as simple as they qualify in Atlanta. They're in Manhattan. So, yeah. you know, you could just They've roll already, the dice there. And yeah. I mean, if you already your guy, go ahead and just show up, do it, and pivot. Pivot if you've got to later. Don't even worry about that. Focus on the one point in front of you. And the teams that they beat. Dude, the teams that they beat uh, the last few months, if they meet in the qualifier, they're probably going to beat again. Look, I met Corey. In the, the main draw, the play-in game. And, I, God, I keep repeating this every podcast. But this is 2019. He played with Kevin Valela. Kevin Valela had staff. Kevin Valela was wearing a black hoodie and black pants in the middle of summer, and no one knew the hell why, right? He had staff and had some kind of ankle thing. The dude came in there and somehow, some way, played. Him and Corey played themselves into the last round, you know, play-in main draw. I, had, I was coaching Earl Schultz and Jake. Uh, Jersey Jake uh, talk about Big Mike I give you Jersey Jake <clears throat> served Evan like three times that was it but and he was ready back then <laughs> you know what I'm saying I thought the kid was ready back then I just I guess the question is what's what's Logan's decision you know but they they may, they better make it fast because I don't want Evan to be left without a chair when the music stops you know, in this game of of qualifying musical chairs, right? Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, he'll do. He can do it, right? And wind up in the play-in because he's been doing it every week, every tournament. But I want, if it's him and Logan, I think they need to make that decision now because it at least give it gives Corey a chance to play and train with someone else to get in. Agree? Well, yeah, I I a hundred percent agree that there's a extremely high value of training with one person, playing with one person, not having that other part of the game. Um, but then, I mean, you got, you got to, if you're Logan and you're looking at guys above you, I mean, what happens if this is a cascading effect, right? If Jake actually retires, which I don't think he will, by the way, I think, I think he's gonna, got another year. I think he's got another year post Olympics. Well, if you're coming off the Olympics and you're already in the best shape of your life, why wouldn't you just play volleyball for the next four, uh, four weeks and make some money? Yeah. Why not? You're already in shape. You don't have to do anything. Yep. No, I, I and, agree. But if someone like him drops, Taylor's got to pick up a blocker, and now Logan moved up one peg. And I think he's one peg away from being in, if that makes sense. Yes. Like, he's literally, like, there's Andy and then him in, in terms of how it's all pegged out. It's Theo Brunner. Right. Mm, um, so, well, it, it, it's Theo, tough. Like, yeah. you don't know. And then, so... Um, I was having this conversation with Skylar the other day, right? Cause Skylar's trying to find a partner and he's like, talk, he's talking to me and he's like, but listen, if, if you're going to play with me. Guess what? If Casper calls me tomorrow, you're gone. I'm gone. I'm just going to hold on and let you know. They trickle up. Yeah. And, and you can't fault a guy for that. Right. I mean, what do you think? I think you, if they're candid ahead of time and if you go like in that. knowing that, 
that's different. But some of these guys are like, hey, we're, we're, you know, we ride or die together. And then it's like, oh, listen, I got b good and bad news. Bad news for you. Good news for me. <laughs> like, look, I just had Riley Salmon on the podcast yesterday, right? Uh, an, an Olympic gold medalist. He was supposed to train AVP with his friend. He moved to South Carolina. Then he gets a call to go on a national team. That's, I mean, that's a that's a surprise move for everybody. But his partner's like, I'll break, I'll break both your legs if you don't go. <laughs> you know, so uh, so really, own. it's about how, how both people. I mean, there's there are acceptable situations, right? Like right. like if he he shouldn't dump you for. I don't know. He shouldn't dump you for Dentler, <laughs> you know, even though Dentler's a good player, right? I mean, even though Dentler Kate. just manhandled me last week, yeah. but anyway, <laughs> that dude he played man, really well. He made he the semis really the hard way, man. That was like yeah, everything was three he, sets. He played, dude. in my opinion, he played terrible the first set and then lights out the next two sets. Like everything just, he touched, which flipped, couldn't touch it, couldn't touch a ball. Everything he touched turned no, but everything he touched was gold. Yeah. He, dude, he could have just he could have just walked it and knuckled and knuckled it and it would have dropped. He had he had the Midas touch. Ed had yeah. that for a little bit when but when Ed ran into Dentler, Dentler, Dentler had it more. But there was like three yeah. angle swings in a row. He just like tagline, tagline, yeah. tagline. Nate's sitting there like, who is this guy? He literally said yeah. that in the middle of the game. He's like, who is this guy? Yeah. Dude, look, when you're in system. When the other team's in system, your defense, you you have to give up something. Even if you're laying in the cut, even if you're laying in the cut off a line block, right? You have to give up, you have to maybe shave a foot. And if the guy gets it, then he'll beat you. And if he doesn't, if he's perfect, he'll beat you. And if he's not, he won't. And that's that's kind of Nate's style of volleyball, right? Because if Nate knows, if he tries to take all of it, he's going to give up all of it. He's going to give up way too much line over. He's going to give up too much jumbo. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, you're just dancing. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, the, the chicken dance. So, <laughs> but I, God, I really love this conversation. And, uh, um, God, I, I hope Kristen Nuss and Taryn Cloth stay together forever because everybody's like, oh, Betsy'd be a good partner for, you know, when she comes back from, you know, the baby, this person would be a good partner. I'm like, no, these girls have only lost one match in like eight months. No, no, uh, uh, against a team that they were leading 12-9 in the third set, against a team where they were looking forward to the revenge match, against a team that that um, also cramped up, that forfeited in the finals. That was, L Lily and, and Larissa were their last match, you know, uh, or were the last match they lost, you know. Then they go to college and they go 35-0. and 0. You know, Tina Gradina and Kraft, bye. UCLA's first pair, see ya. Florida State, we lose one to four. Guess who the one is, right? And so God made only one thing perfect, man. They're, they're 35 and 0 records. So I hope they stick together. Um, how about you and Nate? Well, I mean, we're talking about everybody else, man. You're, yeah. on, my, you're on my podcast, dude. What yeah. about you and Nate? Oh, I love I love the, so, man, it's tough, right? So I got, I got Nate. I got, I just, you know, being quite honest, I got Nate. Then there's Skyler, mm -hmm. right? So uh, I guess I haven't really told many people. This is you probably one of the first people I'm talking to. Um, mm -hmm. Skyler reached out to me and said, "Hey man, I want to I want to run them with you," which it makes sense for him when you peg all the points out. And um, I told him, "Oh, let's do it." And it's, a, it's the problem is is it's not a discredit to Nate, but I mean you've watched Skyler over the years, you know that the difference there in the level of play. And I, I'd be a fool not to make the pivot. You'd be a fool not to consider it. I mean, look, 
sometimes good chemistries are better than than good talented players, right? Like Miles Partain makes the main draw at age 15 with his brother. I don't think he makes it to the draw without uh, without that chemistry. I mean, I mean, now it's too late. Like a couple of years later, right? He's already a snowball going down the hill. Paul Lottman, they took right. fifth. Exactly. They took that's fifth in exactly Chicago, was... right? But but uh, it's not like he needed to be crewed up to, to get to the main draw, right? So you're not like he needed Phil to do it, right? He just needed a good coach. Jeff Alzina was under the umbrella, and his brother, who's, who knows him literally like the back of the hand. So, so you're, the question for you is: Are you and Nate a better chemistry than you and Skyler? You don't, but and we don't know that yet. So Phil's a really good example to talk about here in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil early in his career, he was kind of jumping around a little bit. Uh, you know, he played with Sean. He, shoot, he even played with uh, Phipps. Mm-hmm. Um, and the point Adam is Roberts. that he plays with Todd. Yeah. He plays with Todd, and his game goes it just gone. You know, it's just in another dimension. And the mm-hmm. question is, is like, was it his coach? Was it Todd? Or was it him? Or was it the environment? The coach. No, sorry, you, do you want to answer that first, or you want me to tell? Oh, I'm asking that? you. I'm asking it's you. It's the coach. It's the coach because there are certain people that have a way of playing that works for them, that thinks that brings them success. And sometimes you need someone to come in and not tear down and build up what they do well, right? Like no one's going to come in and tell Phil to change his steps, no, or no more than they're going to tell you to change your steps, right? It is what it is. But if you have a coach that's, that tells Todd, hey, look, if Phil takes line, just lay in the cut a little bit because the line over is gonna has to go significantly more up and down for you to yeah. do it. And then, then there's some people on that cross-court block, and I'm not even talking about four or three block switches. I'm just talking about the one, right? Yeah. And then there's some people that like to do, um, I call heel to line left instead of heel to line right. Basically, you make this, this, um, this straight line, this connected dot line where the back corner is and where the hitter is. And, and you use your right heel. That allows you to go right shoulder, line over, and, and in the cut, you can, you can take everything in one move if you could, if you could draw that picture in your head. Um, that's, but that's just an example. Like, so, but if you have a guy that likes to go left heel and, and then run into the cut and make, make a one and a half moves, why would you do that? Why would you do that when Phil's blocking line, right? Yeah. Why would you do that? The only no, the only like, possible drop like set up set up in the cut. Yes, but because the, the only possible drop. Sorry, the only possible true drop on Phil would be the cut. <laughs> you know, so he can't because yeah. it's crossing the net too far away from yeah. his hand. So yeah, that's no. that's uh, Todd is also ha- has a very high volleyball IQ. I mean, they they already had an on court coach. He was a coach before he went to Cal Poly and took over that program. Todd, he is the professor. He was a coach. So, well, real quick, talking about coaching. Um, <clears throat> so, I, I work with, I, I run my engineering firm. Okay, please. And I also, um, so I work with coaches, like, and the coaches have been what have made the biggest change to my game. It hasn't been Nate or Skyler or anyone at training. Well, and one of the guys I train with, actually, which would be, I would consider him a coach. Yep. Um, so, I've got, I've worked, he's the ex Ohio State indoor women's volleyball coach he's out here he's helped me a ton his name's jeffrey carlston jeffrey Um, carlston yes cool so he's been huge in helping me um while his sand game isn't great his ability to teach someone to you know use their eyes and read kind of the different situations has Mm -hmm. gone a long way yeah i mean Um, how's rich lamborn's sand game yes i mean you're right so working with him i recently the last couple of months, I'm working with a business coach to help my engineering. 
and the the translatable skills between running a business and competing in a sport sports are a microcosm for like businesses if that makes sense at all yep so i mean the mindfulness the way the human emotions and things it's all the same it just happens faster in a in a game so that's been big critical um and then this guy jordan gladstone i don't know if you've heard of him before he used to train with um used to train down in huntington, huntington with uh, um, with with he won the manhattan one year the little dude really athletic right i can't think of his name me neither oh well did he train regardless with so trambly he, did he train with trambly he trained with trambly yeah. he was like part of the four guys that trained with trambly and um Shoot, I can't remember the block. Tired. Doesn't I mean, matter. Um, you had me at Trampoline, man. He's so cool. And um, what's really interesting is, is like training with him. I've learned that the group composition doesn't need to consist of the best players. It needs to consist of a solid mindset of group of guys that are there to to learn how to get better at the thing. And so Jordan is like an expert at learning skills and creating drills that are very relatable to like getting good at something um i don't know how to explain it. like learning how to learn is like a thing yeah that's um, that's division one listen that's division one indoor uh, volleyball for you yeah right and so we have a out here in colorado because usa volleyball um like cody kessel and his dad and that whole mindset way of thinking of the game teach the game so how can we create drills that are just like game mock up games and things, but like I kind of will isolate part of the game. That's all we do. There's no, there's no sit here on a box and dig a ball. You know, that to me that it's like, that's such a small piece of the whole puzzle of what's happening in a game. You're kind of repping out a situation that's not realistic enough. Um, but I, I would suggest to you that neither one of those stand alone. I don't think they, 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 um, co they, they, you don't enjoy success with either one on its own. You, I mean, the drills that are not game drills are more about um, twitch reaction, muscle, muscle memory, getting used to how something's done. As so, like, it's almost like when you get up in the morning to brush your teeth, right? You don't think about brushing your teeth. You just do it. So yeah. so those kind of drills that are not game-based are super necessary for that. Like, And it's, it's so weird because the people that only do game-based drills, when you watch them actually pepper, they're terrible. But I'm when terrible. You say, but, when you see them, but when you see them in a game, <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. They, they know what they're doing. But, but there are levels to that. When you look at the top five, and like every category and every and every tier, be it qualifier, main draw, top main draw, those are the guys that that don't do that that do both. Like if you look at Qatar, Qatar is all about the uh, uh, focus drills. Uh, um, they go, they have a passing drill, and they go in because I do this with John Mayer too. I was John Mayer's assistant at LMU uh, for the women's beach team, who by the way is my coach of the year. So I mean Andrew De Andrew Fuller, I love you. You know, and everybody respects you, but that was, that was, man, that was in the bag. Sorry. Um, but John would come into a drill, like, let's say it's a passing drill, and each person would pick a focus, right? Hold your platform, straight and simple, like straight platform, simple pass, and, or one move to the ball, right? So a coach will physically see what your focus is because they'll see you holding at the end. You basically play volleyball around it. You set, you swing or whatever. Um, but at the end, the partners discuss what their focus is. And, and, and 
the production of that. Like if it's a setting drill, right, shoulders to the pole. If it's a hitting drill, maybe elbow back, elbow back, elbow forward, or timing on the approach. That first step. Right. Your your personal favorite, I'm sure, right? Being being having a lefty approach, timing on the approach. Uh, I'm guessing. I'm I think I'm guessing right though. Um, but those are things that we practice too, and that's just consistent with Division One. You know, just go ahead. And. I think there's just a time and a place, right? So if it's a week leading up to a qualifier, I would say you're doing zero of that. Uh, no, pretty much. You could use it to warm up into warm up into uh, practice, mm -hmm. but it's such a small part of the equation at that point in time. No, if you're talking about back in January, I think I'm integrating. If I had a two hour practice, 25 to 50 percent would be slower broken down fundamentals like you're talking about yes as focus. applies to like you said january distant pass right no one's doing that right no one's doing right, that right, fight week right if there's a qualifier tomorrow i'm not doing that today or even on monday nope. and part of the reason is is because i'm trying to be in a mind state of just i only want to be thinking about winning points right now you mm -hmm. know i don't want to start thinking about these technical technicalities of the game that are in the moment going to completely derail your focus on winning points because no. that's all that matters in those moments no because those are those are not in-game things those are pre-game things and, and i totally 100 percent agree with you it's not like nobody's gonna cut weight like the ufc no one's gonna cut weight two weeks before the fight they're gonna you know what i'm saying they're, they're, they've already got their training in they've already done their camp and then they're focused on another thing and honestly like you said the only thing you should be doing during the week is just everything is everything every drill you should do or everything thing you should do should be in real time like serve receive you want you you don't want someone bowling you want someone serving you might even want someone like a Roman guy, like taking first hit or whatever, and this and that. You know, I have a drill called um, right. defend her. Basically, uh, whoever gets a dig doesn't trans. They dig and they catch and you set up. So once, so one side is all offense and the other side is just dig. The setter, you know, squares up and does everything he can on, the, on his focus base drill. And then the hitter approaches catches. Because it's one of those things that, that has you thinking gotcha. on transition on how you're going to defend it. It's a simple drill. It's simple as freak, but it's so, so productive. Yeah. I am. Um, we're going to talk about a ton of volleyball, but before I forget, because, you know, I can drive us both off the cliff if you let me. You know, Brian McDermott yeah. will tell you okay. the same thing. Um, Dane Blanton will tell you, like, Jesus Christ, I, lo I love this guy. But um, you play basketball at Citadel. Is Citadel a military I academy? Did. Yeah, that's actually my yeah, that's uh, my diploma right there. Uh, it is a military school. So uh, I can give you the funny little story about even how I ended up there. Um, Come on. This, uh, is, a, this so, is the option, my man. So I I was the uh, district MVP at my Division five high, uh, 5A high school in Plano, Texas, which is part of Dallas. So it's a pretty big, and I was like all regional team or whatever too, which when you're in Dallas making the all regional cut is actually a big deal because Dallas-Fort Worth has, you know, a ton of people. Well, I had zero offers to go play Division One basketball. And uh, I was a little insulted, a little shocked. So I had to actually go into the summer after my senior year and play more AAUs, which AAUs, I don't know how they do it in volleyball for youth, but it's it's like clubs playing against each other. Yeah, it's, and they're, they're mini and, de facto recruiting showcases. Exactly. Yeah. And so I went and played a couple of those, and this guy comes up. Uh, his name's Ronnie Hamilton. I love him. 
he comes up to practice one day and he's just like, Hey, um, do you want to, do you want to come on a visit to the Citadel? And I'm like, <laughs> like laughing. Almost. I, don't know, I don't know what that is, but okay. Um, yeah. So I went up, go on a visit in like June out there. Um, and to practice with the guys. It was really funny because in June they're out of school. So everyone's wearing regular clothes. You would, you, it looks like a military school, but, but no everybody's one's doing like in military civvies. Everyone's in civvies. <laughs> All right. Exactly. That's actually the right. Yeah. You got that. And so I, I'm like, no, oh, this doesn't seem bad. I mean, it's a division one and free and they got civil engineering program. I wanted to be an engineer. So I was like, yeah, sign me up. Let's do it. I get there you know, for matriculation. Cause they get, they're like, well, you gotta go to do training. They didn't call it hell week. No one told me it was called hell week until I got there. I was coming to do training uh, to like get accustomed with what you're supposed to do at the school. Well, I used to have, I know I'm bald now, but I used to have like long blonde hair. It never grew back. They shaved it off that day uh, that I got there. Uh, these dudes, these short people, you know, all yelling and screaming at me. And I'm just like, what? What is going on? And you're like, what uh, the fuck? <laughs> Sorry. But uh, I made some of the best friends and had some of the best opportunities out of there. I mean, we, you know, had to wear a uniform for four years, march around, go to breakfast, lunch formation. Um, you know, through the knob year, you know, you get, it's not really hazing, but it's aggressive. Um, There's another, I mean, look, in the civilian world, it's hazing. In the military world, it's, it's something else, right? Well, no one's like hurting you, no, right? They're just no. making you feel like poop. <laughs> no, just no. Right. I mean, I mean, look, I, everyone, honestly, I think in the past, I used to think every male member of any family should serve in the military for at least two years. Like, well, in my family, it's a, it's a tradition. I'm a Gulf War vet. All right. I served, um, actually, I'll show you the, I'll show you the, um, my honorable discharge. It's right here right there on the wall that's me right there department of the army nice those are all the awards i got thank you for, for your service storm for you know um shooting the i'm an expert on the m16 the beretta the grenades and all that throwing grenades i'm an expert at throwing grenades get that <laughs> let that one sink in your heads but no but i i think there's the the discipline of having to play well with others cooperate um understand an authority figure understand the consequences just just you know there's some people out here man i see i see this this kid cursing out his mom and i'm like man my mother would drop kick me <laughs> if i talked to her like that but yeah. but you know but but i changed my mind it's not really for it isn't really for everybody and my, my, before i was like i think everyone should do it but i'm like no nah, everyone doesn't really really need to go ahead you're gonna say something well, no, it's just, it's tough, right? Like you say, it's, it isn't for everyone, but I kind of think it is for everyone. Or I think like, for me, I was already pretty structured. I think it helped take me to the next level. Like coming out of high school, I wasn't like this. I wasn't drinking. I wasn't smoking weed or anything like that. But I really felt like it, like you understand how you learn how to work with other people, like team building. Some people don't, if they don't play sports and then they just go to college, they may never be on a team until they get their first job. And it's like a shocker. It's like, oh, I got to like word this a certain way so I don't piss this guy off. It's like, yeah, yeah, you do. I think sports really comes into play. Uh, um, 
because we're talking about military and I promise you I'm not veering off, but it really comes into a play because in a child's life, it's probably the first time they had to deal with a loss. The first time in your life you ever have to deal with a loss is probably Mm -hmm. playing a sport. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, look, they're unique situations. I lost my uncle. My uncle got shot by the police when I was seven. That's, that's, that's a different kind of loss. And, and as you aforementioned, there are levels to this and, and you for speaking for you, if you, if you don't speak for yourself, thank God you already had some kind of structure coming in that gave you a leg up, you know, yeah. and it wasn't, I mean, it was a shock just to see everybody in different clothes. And like you said, guys yelling up at you, I could just yeah, picture yeah. that in my head. <laughs> this guy, Will Morrison, mm-hmm. he, um, he was my squad leader. Yeah. And I mean, he literally was like at my nipple line and like, I couldn't even see him out of my periphery. Cause you got to like kind of stare off into the distance. Yeah. Um, I couldn't even <laughs> see him in my peripheral. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and those guys have ant strength. Those, those yeah. little dudes have ant strength. Ant strength meaning you, that this little tiny dude lifting up things three times the size, walking around with it, dropping it. Oh, no, he was built. Just throwing he was, it. He was jacked. Yeah. yeah. Man, my drill sergeant in boot camp, uh, Fort Knox, uh, we're doing uh, um, the rifle, um, like, you know, the qualification drills. And your spotter is supposed to be 90 degrees. Like instead of laying, which you some spotters and, and for qualification, they're 90 degrees. So the guy wasn't 90 degrees and my drill instructor, he couldn't have weighed more than a buck 20. I swear he was just tiny. He takes one hand, his left, grabs the back of the guy's belt, lifts him up off the ground. 90 fucking degrees, bam, drops the dude. And we're all just like, man, anyone that thought about testing this dude because he was yelling at you, you know, anyone thought of, who thought about like, screw this little dude, I, I'm gonna knock him out next time he comes at me. Man, we were like, respect. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, <the> alpha. <laughs> let me ask you something. What the hell? You go from basketball to volleyball. How'd you get started with volleyball? So, you know, my mom, I, a lot of people don't know this, my mom coached volleyball for 20 years and was a, a UIL ref in the state of Texas. So UIL is just the, whatever yep. the tech high school, she was a high school ref and she ref at you know, the state level, like she would rate ref the finals and things. And she used to drag me to in summer. I didn't go to summer camps unless it was basketball. And I actually went to her volleyball summer camps. I just participated. There's no boys program in Texas, but I was just mm-hmm. doing it. Um, and then eventually I, I played, actually, we made a boys program. We had to travel to places like St. Louis or play all the girls team, but it hit a certain point when you turn 16 or something, you can't play against 18 girls anymore. Um, if that makes sense. Yes. But it's something like that. And so that's when it was like, well, this is just dead. This is going nowhere here. Cause there's no structure. And, um, one of the girls who I grew up with. Uh, when I got done with college, she reached out to me. He's like, hey, I got like this um, this indoor sixes team thing. We need like a sub tonight. Do you want to come? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, that sounds fun. Come do that. So she dragged me out there and then she invited me over to do some random sixes in the sand. And then it just period- periodically kind of just progressed. I moved to Colorado. So I kind of had been playing bar leagues and ended up playing like fours and bar leagues and things. And I move out to Colorado to Denver because I wanted to live out here. Well, like the second day I'm here, I go to Lakewood Park, which coincidentally, it's like a mile from here. 
Um, I roll up and there's this old guy with like curly hair. It's Dave Smith. And oh, that's my dude. I um they only have three people at practice. It was him and two other guys. And my wife, I was like, man, I'd love to go like be their fourth. It looks like they're short a guy. My wife just didn't even let me finish the sentence. She walks over there and says, Hey, my husband is six foot eight. Can he uh, come play with you guys? It looks like you need a fourth. All right. And Dave, I've seen Dave do this a couple times at Lakewood. He gives anyone that walks up and asks to play, he gives them the pepper test. He'll pepper with them. Yep. You can't you can pepper with Dave. Too. You're out. Yeah, you can, dude, you can tell a lot by, by just peppering with someone, dude. It's um, God's honest truth. <laughs> so I, I peppered with Dave. Um, he, I passed. I got to play till their guy can't, showed up. He gave me a business card, which I thought was super weird. I was like, who does this? But gave me a business that's, card. Man, that's Dave. That's Dave Smith, man. And then he plugged me instantly into everyone here. Um, Good. Oh, trick. so Dave was your, um, your um, what I would call, what us theater people would call inciting incident. Meeting yeah. meeting Dave that just put I everything into play. No, no formalization for that point. I had played for like a year and a half. I had mm. been like playing. When What year was that? That was, that was 2017. Right. 2017 or 2018. Yeah. Well, 2018, you guys played in San Francisco uh, in the mm. qualifier. I feel like I met him a year before and then right. played in, then. Actually, I got, let me, let me put that up. I got a, some highlights of you guys playing together. <laughs> oh, man, this game, I remember this is, this is not a good loss. I didn't even know you lost. They they have them up on separate sets, so they don't, I'm guessing yeah, this is the they don't set think you guys they finish won. out the third set. Oh, good. See, I got my highlight, and I'm gonna quit while I'm ahead. There we go. <laughs> I'm, we're nice back. Monster block. <laughs> I hear the song. Tan, 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 tan. <laughs> so Dave, Dave, like, I mean, he was just like, yeah, Mike's the real deal. And he just picked me up and ran with me. And um, he dragged me out to California. We trained with a bunch of people. We we didn't we didn't win. Uh, we didn't get in any events. I felt really bad. We we actually we won. I don't. We won this tournament in Sandia. We went down to an AVP next. Like we had a lot of early success. So we won this tournament in Sandia. Um, we beat Jake Rosner and. Lefty pain in the ass. Yeah. Oh. And he played with Jorge Martinez. Yes. And we beat, which by the way, we played them in the winner's bracket. They beat the literal crap out of us. Mm -hmm. We get to the finals and I don't, I can't even remember the game. I don't even know how we won. It's one of those things that like it was an act of God. Dave made a, a billion digs and I blocked Jorge's every single little low line he tried to chisel. Right. Not knowing that that's what he was trying to do at the time. Unass listen, being unassuming is the most liberating volleyball feeling in the world. <laughs> and then, and then we go yeah. to Texas. Mm -hmm. then we, go to, we go to Dallas the next weekend to play this big AVP next. That's when like they started changing the, the money structure of what an AVP next was. So lots of guys were coming there. Um, and like we played Cole Fears and Christian Honer. We beat the crap out of them. I don't even know who they were. 
at the time. And that, the, you know, that was the year Cole qualified with Andy. I didn't even know who this guy was. Yeah. He qualified and, with Hagen Smith too. So, I mean, so he's sorry. Go, go ahead. Legit. legit. But, but like, and we beat some <laughs> other dudes that were like decently legit. We ended up getting a third at that tournament and there were a lot of teams. I'm dude I that is such a cool story because first of all Jake Rosner is my he is someone I call a pain in the ass I played in one one um tournament I played in the Manhattan Beach Open I was 47 years old I was coaching um Kevin McCulloch and Rafa Rodriguez who who made the draw and then had to win five contenders bracket matches after they lost to Loomis or whoever but I played TK and Jake Rosner and I managed to put up 16 points against him the second set. I'm, I'm mind you, I'm 47 years old, right? Yeah. So then uh, three years later, I'm coaching um, Earl Schultz and Jake and Jersey Jake, right? We make the draw. They, we get housed by the McKibbins, or, or should I say Jake did? But that's a, I'll, I'll tell that story later. And then in the contenders bracket, I'm like, we win the first set, and then we lose 21-16. In the, and between the second and third set, I tell my guys, I'm like, dude, I put 16 points. I'm 47, and I put up 16 points against this dude, you know? Then I said, look, he's not going to hit the tape. Just stay deep on serve, receive. He goes high, and his stuff arcs at the end. We get back from the timeout. His first serve hits the tape and goes over. And I said, you're fucking killing me, Jake. And then both Jakes, because there was Jake Oridia and Jake Oridia. Uh, they're both sorry, coach. And I'm like, him, him, him. <laughs> Not you, him. <laughs> you know, it's just, I was just, I, I got a little upset. And the referee was just like, and I'm just like, I'm all right. I'm good, you know. Because that's how I am as a coach. This, yeah. is, this is why I only coach a handful of people. People who have the personality to put up with me. I'm, I'm old school, dude. I'm old school. I'm ex-military. I have, a, I have a certain way of doing it, which, by the way, works. So, But that's that's such a cool matchup, though. Jorge Martinez and and... And Jake, that's that must have been fun, dude. You know, for anyone who doesn't know Jorge, Jorge could get wound up, man. You know, he he, he, was, uh, he wasn't happy about it. No, but he 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 gets fired. Yo, sometimes the sure. we are me and Riley Sama. We were on a podcast yesterday, and he almost got kicked off the team by by like talking shit and getting fired up against certain Italian players. And Hugh McCutcheon said, "You're off the team if you do that again," because the the players he was talking smack to was like giving Popeye spinach. You know, the, sometimes you just got to let a sleeping tiger lie, right? Sometimes a hundred percent agree. Yeah. You played enough. I played enough sixes and, and outdoor to know that some, those fiery personalities, if you just shut up and if they're losing at some point, the, the team's going to turn on each other. You don't need to unite them. <laughs> you don't yeah, need them to like have a, they, they're so caught up mm -hmm. in how much they're just messing everything up. If you give them something else to focus mm -hmm. on that's externally away from the actual problem at hand, mm -hmm. you, you're 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 helping them. Yes, yes. And remember this conversation I just had with you about partners where you don't have to deal with your partner. As much as I respect Jorge Martinez, that's a guy where you got to deal with your partner. Okay, sorry. Uh, so the last thing, but and you, for us, all you got to do is sit back and let you know. And if they start losing, uh, see if they turn on each other. See if there's a little bitterness. See if they each partner feels like they're playing three against one instead of two against two. But what you don't want to do is give them any reason to unite them against a common cause. You don't need Athens and Sparta to not beat the shit out of each other. You need, right? You don't need to be the Persian in that situation. <laughs> He's like, I get the reference. You keep, you just keep rolling around. Take your points. I'm gonna take yeah. my point and keep going. 
And sixes is even worse. Sixes, man, you see some some you see some scuffles during the time, man. It's like, and I'm like, dude, don't laugh at them. Don't even let them see you smile. They if you if they see you smile at them, yeah, it's just that's perfect, dude. You look like Christian Bale when you did that. And you're like, I'm Batman. <laughs> I don't quite have that one though. That's awesome. So, Dave Smith. Um, yeah. You got Wapaka coming up too. I'm I'm actually going to Wisconsin um, this Sunday. I'm going for uh, um, R and R because we have a house out there in, in Fish Creek in Door County. And then just before Wapaka starts, I'm leaving. But I'm I might I might train some guys might fly and I might train them for a couple of days and before I fly out, they're willing to take the drive. Um, Torin Jeffries and um, Danny Daniel Newman Daniel um, this painting this guy who everyone wants to beat up except he's like six eight like you you can't just you can't just roll up and beat up six eight guys. <laughs> Yeah. So let me ask you a volleyball question. Again, I'm staring us off. Um, from 2018, that was 2018. This is 2021. I want you to give me one fundamental that you thought you significantly improved in. Passing. Serve, it's receive. Um, just the whole package: serve, receive, free uh, ball, down receive. ball. It's serve, okay. receive. Yeah. Uh, the settings has is gone just gone over time, gotten way better. Mm-hmm. But the, I, God, you know, it's tough. How do you pick one, right? It's, but you got to pick the one that you feel like controls the game the most. And I feel like pa- that first you pass well, you get set well. You got a free ball, you pass it well, you get set well. I, if you can pass well, you probably could bump set well. So you, it's going to lead into the setting a little bit. It's just. Okay. What aspect of passing? Would you say so, just is it just uh, one move to the ball where you're like yeah. close close to a midline of midline is your thing, uh, so, um, or if it's I'm not, not your thing? Passer. I'm I'm here right I'm here. Well, cause, I, so it's Karch. I mean, so there I there you have it. I, it well, because it's basketball, right? So and I I put this together last week. Actually, this thought was basketball. The game is played out here and here, right? And nothing. I'm not trained to catch stuff in here. No. Right. I, I, you know, you catch a pass here. You know, I mean, rarely ever in a game is something hitting you midline. And so I think that's why, because I didn't have a strong fundamental of passing, but I think like I'm just comfortable out there. Um, but what, what was the question? <laughs> Sorry. No, what I asked you from 2018 to 2021, oh. um, uh, you said first hit, you said serve, receive. And yeah. for me, in regards to just, maybe just more a better straight and simple a better one move to the ball maybe you're just watching uh, yeah. toss contact it's watch, better it's, it's just watch contact point yeah. that's and geoff carlson helped me a ton with that that's mm-hmm. what we changed this year and that's why i've it it changed my game completely it's better to have an indoor coach teach you that and i'll tell you why because the serve to space in indoor volleyball is significantly faster than outdoor you got guys, if you ever played KJ, Chris Johnson, who was Chris Austin's old partner, he had a jump serve. When he's on, he has a serve that will shake the, you just don't, you don't see that serve in beach volleyball. And no, man, you better true. have, I mean, for a midline passer, you better be quasi midline. And if you're not, you better be like, you better have a whole step in where you're like facing your platform. You better not be doing this because that thing will just fly right by you. Um, all right, cool, man. So. All right, so what's it's two? It was 2018. This is 2021. Give me one fundamental that you would like to see a little bit more a significant improvement on. Man, a fundamental or a part of the game? Well, when I say fundamental, I mean pass uh, blocking, hitting, digging, serving, um, setting, 
There's a sixth one. Um, passing, digging, setting, serving, hitting, blocking. Yeah. That's six. Man. It's like, For dude, me, I just gotta give you one. It, well, it's well, it's not like no. It's actually kind of like the. the I kind of want to work back into it. Maybe we can come up with an answer. Um, what I want to do is learn better. Um, different ways of manipulating the game with the serve and tying that into the defense. So I, it would either be serving or blocking. It would be those two, because those are the two things that I'm manipulating the most in a game. Um, and I cite that because we played your boy Vaughn, uh, not Vaughn, Dentler and uh, Ferrari, who played them. And I felt like we didn't manipulate what the hell they were doing over there um, at all. And so I'm between blocking and serving and and tying that all together um, and finding more of a purpose there because I I don't, that's kind of where I'm, I kind of got at a loss at afterwards. It's also the two fastest ways to score a point. like for indoor volleyball like because it's more of a power game the serve and the block are the two fastest ways to score a point um i'm not even speaking about getting an ace or a block specifically no just make their life miserable funneling this making them do stuff than you know just terminally doing a you know an ace or a block no you're you're talking about setting up the long game like you're talking about um i call it constant pressure uh, I've been yes. teaching my juniors. I was at Endless Summer for five years. And I'm like, this is, we're not, when I tell you to serve here, it's not about fast results. Cause you might serve that spot twice and they might pass a dime twice, but it's, it's about constantly going there because you know, there's a level of uncomfortability that even when they pass well to get for them to get there, um, makes them labor. So sooner or later, what ball is going to go up sooner or later, maybe, maybe you get an ace, but the ace is not the, the intention. It's the net result. So, so yeah, long game, make, make their life a living hell. Don't, don't, I mean, yeah, but I think I feel the same way about that match. And cause you know, I looked at it and while it, the second set, I, I, we just didn't side out anywhere near a level to win the second set. But in the third set, you go back and you look at it and you're like, okay, we didn't get one reel. I don't care how good you siding out. You ain't get one reel. You ain't win the game. No. And well, yeah, and you know that somebody. Hey, look, somebody asked me, "What's the biggest difference between high level, um, open for indoor and mid level?" And I told him it was the middles. For the beach, it's the serve. It's the serve, like because at your level, everybody has hands. Everybody can hit. Everybody can block. You can enlist a cave troll at the net and teach him how to block. Um, you're going to have, you, you, you know, we have almost an oversaturation of scrappy back row defenders. But at the end of the day, when you see Taylor and Jake, when you see the anyone whose last name is, I guess, Crab, right? Phil, they, they, the serve and the constant pressure of the serve usually s- sets all those things up, you know? And this is why there are some, some people who 
who qualify, go to the qualifier like scores of times and never make the draw. And there are some times where like people who get into the draw can't take the next level. And it all comes down to, it's so weird, it all comes down to serve. Serve is the single most important thing. Even, you know, with your, depending on who you're playing, like if you're playing Martinez, I would just serve a lollipop. Because if they insist on setting tight, where you don't even have to make a call, you just go after the ball, right? Maybe there's some serves you just, you just, you just tap, tap. Well, I'll give you a difference. Right, we played Chris and Earl the game before, mm -hmm. and uh, Chris was pretty gassed, to be honest, just from that game. I, I know he's a better player than he played against us, so giving him some credit here. But he was not getting up at all, and so when you've got a blocker like myself, and then you've got a, a attacker that can't, he can't elevate. You can take away half his game just by standing ball and just putting your hands over, right? But that doesn't work at the high level, right? At the, you know, when he's fresh, that doesn't work. And agreed. So yeah. Anyway, do you um, you felt like and, your hands? So got, I mean, sorry, you you're finishing a thought. I ain't no. What were you, you asking? Man. I mean, look, you might these people get oh, to hear I, me talk every week, man. We got to get you in. Well, I was just saying, you know, I think that's why, you know, mm -hmm. some teams just can't make it past a certain point in the qualifier if they don't have a level of physicality and they come up against a, a disciplined block they can just be put in a box instantly that whole strategy thing that we're talking about goes out the window yeah i mean How, that is the strategy it, it is it is but i honestly I, i've seen better volleyball players beat better volleyball athletes right i mean just technique wise you, these guys are taking their lunch money but right. but well not that's everything. why i said discipline block yes very specific with the word choice like look at carambola right i mean oh we we're talking we're talking about blocking then i'll take carambola out of the, the equation but but um i have the conversation about guys who other people jump higher than, hit harder than, and are more athletic than, and but yet there that person is, and there that the there the other one is right. Miles Partain, right? Like I mean, how many people jump higher, hit harder, you know, and are more athletic? But but there he is, you know, and there you are, not you, but there you are. So, and I yeah. use him all the time. But I, maybe Carambolo is a worse example because of his experience, but. Mm. What about okay. you? Uh, let's talk about hands. What uh, do you feel like your hands have gotten significantly better? Do you find yourself using your hands more in tournaments, or um, uh, is it like an eighty twenty thing, ninety ten? Um, man, tough. It's a, uh, so Nate's been harping on me to handset more, uh, and what ends up happening is maybe I get called once in a whole tournament, yet I'll bump set half the time, um, and I think it's just a confidence thing. Because they're not bad. I mean, I hit the spots, not doubles. Um, it's kind of, I, I think just getting the confidence and I've been repping it out, just everything's a hand set at practice now. And so I think by Atlanta, I'll be hand setting every ball. Good. Let me tell you something. You went to Citadel, right? And if somebody asked right. you or me, because now we can relate, what's the what's the best way to get better at push-ups? <laughs> We're both going to say, do push-ups. <laughs> do push-ups, right? I mean, yeah. the best way to get better push-ups is to do push-ups. Uh, uh, and and for you, the better way, I mean, for anybody, I mean, this is, again, we have listeners. We, we're obligated to, to, um, to um, talk to or educate. 
yeah setting's the best setting in practice setting as much as you can is the best way to get get better at setting i'm yeah. my, that was my indoor some money on the line. yeah put some money on the line against yeah. your buddy add the pressure we play yeah. these little mini 18 17 games so it mm -hmm. feels like the end of a set over and over again like do create that pressure mm -hmm. situation and then go handset and lose it's okay mm -hmm. losing is good at practice yep absolutely so. No, absolutely too. But also, please make sure you have a healthy balance of the bump sets too. Because if you look at some of the best players that play the game, like John Hyden, that guy doesn't use yeah. his hands. That guy doesn't use his hands unless unless he played with Triborn back then. Triborn held his platform to a point where the ball literally just stopped in the air. You know, because Slap. the whole because the hold was so good that it just yeah. freeze frame where he just goes up and does that. Um, Ali Son. Right, Bruno's partner, gold medal to Rio 2016, has Absolutely. never used his hands, ever. Ricardo, uh, um, every every partner he's played with, have you ever seen Ricardo use his hands? No, anything that goes shoulders or above, he's optioning. So, so have the healthy mixture. But at any at any point you feel comfortable, man, just keep doing it, man. Keep doing it and stop and maybe and stop playing in these leagues where people judging hands just by spin it's just these guys some of these some of these idiots spend 10 years learning how to catch and throw a ball and just because everybody else in their region and their zip code is doing that and because they don't leave their zip code they think anybody else that plays volleyball any differently is not oh my god volleyball's gone the crap i'm like no you just don't you just don't take a trip man you just don't leave your house yeah, it is. This, you don't leave your it's, but it's been that way they people it, it's I throw up in my mouth a little bit when I have to talk about hands and I'm not mean yeah. I only I don't even know why I brought it up but but um it's been it hasn't changed man it just take a trip <laughs> take a trip leave your leave your region you know but for you as someone that travels you always got to know that leagues do whatever they want they all do. right like pot you ever been play Pottstown Rumble I have not Pottstown Rumble it's old school grass big court side out right uh no let serve it's their league their league their rules that's bad that hasn't been a rule since those haven't been ruled since 2001 but their league right yeah. connecticut the ball's not allowed to turn one and a quarter times a second and i'm like okay interesting yeah. they're like okay we changed the rule it's not allowed to turn one whole time regardless of time so i'm like so if i set a quick set if i if i'm playing with big mike and i set him a one and if he hits the ball out of my hands before it rotates the whole time that's not a double so i mean so you you, you just got to make sure um just like with partners we we're talking about partners there has to be a candid conversation before you hit that region or, or at least in a team meeting before the tournament starts where you you're like where you become versatile enough and over prepared to play by their rules in that tournament. Yep. Yeah. Whatever they want. Yeah. You know, you, you're there to serve. Yeah. So. Did you know serve receive? Did you know it's not illegal to receive a serve with your hands? It's no, not. I, it's. I it's, do know that. Yeah. Actually, one of my buddies put a pretty good video out. His yep. name's Dane LeBlanc around here, and it's about that. You can take. Ooh, boy, did he, boy, did they come at him? I mean, with but I mean, what can they say to a guy that's telling the truth? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But however, CBVA. They put in their rules, in their league, we don't want to have this argument of whether he doubled or whether it's clean or this. We just got rid of the rule altogether. You cannot receive serve. So so CBVA in California, they got rid of that rule. You know, the redirect rule, they finally got on board, blah, blah, blah. So what's up next for you? Is what's it Wapaka? I'm playing Wapaka with uh, Jordan Gladstone, guy who I mentioned earlier, oh. who I've been coaching with, who's been helping coach me up. Um, he's actually really good at the game. Um, Where does he live? 
He lives here in okay. Colorado as well. Okay. If you live here, you got a much higher chance for me playing with you than if you don't, you know, um, the, the, the training with someone, it matters. It goes a really long way. Um, no, I so consider experience got that with experience. him, mm-hmm. um, up in the air on Atlantic city. I don't know if it's really worth it to make that trip. I'm um, going, I, I, I'm not saying it's not going to be a fun tournament. Um, but I'll either run it with Skylar or I won't run it. It's what it, so Skylar would be worth the trip. That's what you're saying. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it would. Um, it would be worth the trip to run it with Skylar. Um, long story. Nate and I kind of had a little falling out this last week. Um, not to be. It's not a thing to air out, but uh, Skylar, like I said, mentioned he's approached me and said, if I'm not getting pulled up by these other guys, it doesn't make sense for me to play with anyone else. So to me, if that's going to be my path moving forward, I'm going to play every single tournament with him or I'm not going to play the tournament. There's no point in going and playing stuff with someone else. Look, it's, I mean, I'd like to say this is business, uh, but, and that's, that's a general common denominator way of saying it but no you've you're you as you continue to evolve with uh, as a player as an individual you you look for the right chemistry in scala del sol it's you we keep saying it like yeah because it it's scala del sol you know um the guy He's is a considerably misunderstood human um his perception is not in line with reality of no. what who he actually is um if you actually know the guy i've talked um, to him i've talked to him not, and i've seen him and john mesco play enough to know you know to to see uh you know um how he's how he's with certain partners i've seen him play with ratledge i've seen him play with other people i think that'd be an awesome match i would love to see you in atlanta city dude i'm going i'm going i'm, I'm trying to we'll finalize my i'm trying to happen. finalize my contract to do um you know the same the the, the center court or court one um so i'd love to hear that yeah well, I, I talk about deserve it. Talk about someone who's evolved. I mean, I mean, I don't mean to talk about me all the time, but talk about someone who had to move to California, had to pay dues all over again, and I'm doing that. Um, I did. I had such great feedback from New Orleans. Nobody cared that I didn't pronounce your name right. I'm like my mom. My mom. My I mom. Care. My mom. She's she's all over me. Look, I pissed off a whole country. I kept calling uh, Lillian Talita. You what know? is it? Wait, what? Larissa. Her, her, that's her wife that she played with. It wasn't Toledo. It was Lillian. Gotcha. And and the United States of America, that my phone blew up like I was one of the crabs. I'm like, like the feedback I got. In fact, the AVP called and said I did a great job, and they said, just give a little bit more love to people other than the home crowd because they thought I, I was giving like Corey and, and whatever too much love. And I'm like, and I'm like, you know, I did mention Dentler won the Pottstown Rumble. You know, I did mention Dentler, you know, played a George Mason. And, and but maybe the, they're right. Maybe, the, you know, just take I have to be able to take criticism. I an I'm also a former actor, too. So taking, you know, I mean, how, you talk about how your occupation translates to volleyball. Try yeah. being a theater performer. I'm, I'm it qualifies me to be a commentator. They're like, yeah. what's your background? And I'm like, my BFA is in acting. I could be anything I want to be. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. So I got such good feedback. They they asked me if I want to go to Atlantic City, and and are you you fucking kidding? I'd love to sit here. I'd love to just 
we'll get a steak together. We'll go out and kill, 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 kill us, a cow to make it if we have to, and have the, have a conversation, um, you know, more dialogue. And as far as what you want from the sport or where where you think the sport's going, your opinion matters. And you have a great you have a great following too. You, that might surprise you. There's a lot of people out there like who is that guy? You know, the guy the guy who jumps like Phil. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Yeah. It's um, just to give a little insight, it's years of dedicated effort that's just now showing results. It will be. Yeah, 100%. You know, it's um, it, it's really uh, just to, to share a little bit. It. We, I, I don't know how to share, explain to you how much effort I've put in. I'm not trying to like put myself above anyone else, but essentially since October, I've been running groups 6 to 8 a.m., three to five days a week consistently with very high intention that's coupled with a pretty strict like dieting regimen combined with like a, a very intentional workout program um, that's just now all coming together. And um, I'm excited for this season. Look, at least doing it the way you're doing it, there's no regret. No, right. I, I, I'll put it, I'll put it all out there. I'll, I'll fall on my face completely. You do, but you do not. I'll say it again, at least with the way you're doing it. And this is not for you because there are people that listen. Uh, uh, so I need to say it again for them listening. Um, at least the way you're doing it, there's no regret. There are so many people that would be like, I wish I worked out more. I wish I didn't come into this tournament heavy. I wish I had my shit together with, with um, how, you know, like setting my partner and all these things. You yeah. have spent uh, a lot of time covering your bases. And I think between this year and next, this year and next year, it's, man, it's going to be a fun year for you, dude. It's going to be a fun, dude. It's going to be a fun year for you. You're going to have, you're going to have something I call serious fun. All right. It's you, you 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 know what i'm saying it's a business and you're serious and you and you want and the net result is you want to hit you want to win but as for me from the neck up the only advice i could give you never let your uh goals and the net result be the same thing your goal is to do what you what you were training to do the net result is you win don't go into these matches with the intention to win because you're not going to win it's very much like theater if i'm on a stage i'm not going out there with the intention to to be good because if I do that, I'll never no. be good. My intention, I have an action objective. I got a scene I got to do. I got to give and take with my partner. And that's where my craft translates to volleyball with a heightened level of success. And that's my advice to you. That's really good advice because that's the biggest change that I've made that's been helping me run better in tournaments is um, it's not about winning this game. Mm -hmm. It's about what are we doing right now for this point? You won't like, even know some dude. Some of the games you won't even know it's it hit twenty one. <laughs> you're like you're back there ready to serve, and your part and Skyler's like, hey, hey, come on, <laughs> let's go. Oh, cool. You know, yeah. And, yeah. and I've translated that as a former player and, and as an active coach. My high school team, I coached in New York. I, I coached NCAA, but I coached one high school team. Uh, when we won the championship, I didn't even know it was match point. <laughs> we were we were playing this game called the five game. Every five points, we had to win three to two or better. So the first set, we won every single one three to two, and the math was right on the board. We won 25-17. We it was 24-16, and we, we split the difference on the last two. But then the second game, 5-0, 4-1, 5-0. 
And I'm just like, the whole time, I'm not looking at the score. I'm just like, reset, reset, reset. And then they hit a jump serve, hits the tape, goes over. And I'm like, oh, that's a good point. Except on that play, everyone starts running on the court. And security's trying to make sure the crowd doesn't rush the court. And then I just do one of these things. And I involuntarily fall to my knees. And it's on camera. And I'm like, did I did this? You're a fucking idiot. Did you just fall to your knees, you know? And then my my girlfriend, who is my assistant coach slash timeout coach, to make sure I call timeout at the right time, you need one of those, uh, came over and said, dude, we won. We're good. Let's go. And I'm just like, and you're going to have, I'm not going to say every match is like that, but you're going to have matches where you're just doing the right thing and it comes into fruition. And you're, you might look at the score and be like, 17-8, shit, we're in good shape. But whoa, whoa, no, no, oh, never mind. Win this point never mind. Yes. Yeah, you. Uh, damn, we get it. And I know we're having uh, a conversation I, that we already know. But again, this is a podcast. We gotta, you know what I'm saying? We just, the colors are not what, about what we feel. The colors are about what the people are listening to, right? You know, yeah. like you're, I love calling your semifinals, but the, the the in this cold world, the only thing that anyone cares about is what the camera saw. You could have had a great game against Dentler or whatever, and if they didn't film it, no one cares. I, I, I'm a, I don't mean to sound cold, dude, but no mm-hmm. one cares. I'm just glad that the camera cares. Uh, the camera was there, and now people care. So there's that mixture. So Wapaka, um, Atlantic City. I know you got to go. I know you got somewhere to go, and, and you, you squeeze this in. So got four minutes. Four, four minutes. minutes. Good. I'm so glad I asked, man. Right. Damn, you're polite, man. <laughs> I, I got to ask these things. You're good, you're good. We got to do this again at some point because this uh, wasn't even like subject matter wise. Like there were some things I wanted to delve into, but yeah. we're talking about like process and preparation. Dude, this is an important conversation. And, and, I, and I, I'm looking forward to the feedback. I'm looking forward to like, you know, certain people saying what they got to say about this and that. Um, and I guess that's it. Is there anything you want? Um, is there a particular site or like an Instagram handle? Somebody wants to know more about Mike, Big Mike Grossel. Yeah, I have an Instagram <laughs> handle. I should know what it That's is. I'm right. looking it up real quick. Um, what is it? It's, I think it's, yeah, it's Big Mike Volleyball. So just at Big Mike Volleyball and you go there. I've got a website. I've got a podcast that I just put some content out on. Um, follow me there. <laughs> cool man ladies and gentlemen big mike might love you but i don't love you in fact i can't stand you in fact we're out of here okay for all of you at home for all of you on your ipad or iphone at starbucks for all of you on your droid for all of you on your desktop who runs the world old school old school for big micro Selly, this is episode 94 i'm jason debeus i'm gonna hit my music stay with me we're out Come check out the Option Podcast on OptionDB.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.